I'm Fallon, and you're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. I am eating a salad right now. I always go downstairs here in our building. They have a they have like a deli, and they have salads and soups and sandwiches and stuff. And I am so predictable. I get the Santa Fe salad every single time. They see me coming. They know, but that's fine because it's always delicious, um, except for that one time the black beans were questionable, and that's a different story for a different day. But I almost didn't have an episode today, and I was doing the thing where I'm beating myself up and saying, no, 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 we agreed we wouldn't do this um, because uh, someone, honestly, they, they felt uncomfortable last minute. And people, guests are totally allowed to do that. You're allowed to change your mind on things. Um, With that said, I didn't have anyone. Thank God I emailed Rebecca last night. And she was like, yeah, I can do it. I was like, you're a lifesaver. Thank you so much. I recorded her episode. And then I said, okay, this will be tomorrow's. And she's like, oh, my gosh, what a quick turnaround. But this was a topic I can't believe I haven't done yet. We've done different versions of um, stories about pregnancy um, and children and I don't think we've really gotten into the topic of postpartum depression. And I thought, gosh, that affects so many people. It's something we should talk about. And I'm so thankful that Rebecca was willing to share her story with me. So uh, I really want to thank you so much for listening. If you get a chance to review the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Um, under Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review it. I think it's easy. Let me look. I haven't done this in a minute. Um, I try to leave reviews for people because I know how important it is for their podcast and to help them out. Um, but yeah, you can like go on. For instance, I got this one. Um, great podcast. Really helps uh, hear others who have stories of broken relationships, not just partners, but parents too. It's true that you do feel alone. I think it could be helpful for those who have um, lost children as well. Absolutely true. Uh, so I wanted to thank the review I got. One of my favorite podcasts I listen every week and I have from the beginning. I really love your podcast. I listen every Friday and I have listened since day one. That's from Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you so much. And uh, I really do appreciate it. I, I've mentioned this before, but if you're new to the podcast, the ads, I have no control over the placement. It is so frustrating to me when you're in the middle of a very personal story and then this loud ad just pops in. And I I usually, I'll be honest, I don't listen back to my podcast episodes and I listened last week. And right when she was getting ready to discuss what happened with her husband, this ad popped up and I was so upset and frustrated and thought how disrespectful. Um, of course, um, there isn't a person popping these in, so it's not someone being rude. It's just that they are like auto placed in there. I don't have any control of that, so I just want to take this moment to once again apologize. Please don't hold that against me in the podcast. I don't make money on those ads, so um, I do apologize. And thanks for thanks for hanging out with me regardless of those. Rebecca joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast. Um, first of all, Rebecca, thank you for joining me. I think today's episode is a struggle that so many women have faced, and um, we're just now, I feel like, getting a little bit more comfortable discussing this, so I'm so thankful that you um, came on today to share your story. So tell everyone a little bit about what they'll hear today. Well, uh, like you said, my name is Rebecca, and it's taken me a while to come around to this, but um, although my heartbreak isn't romantic, I think... Um, a lot of it is in the struggles that I've experienced with postpartum depression and realizing that I've probably had depression for a long time and probably the heartache of uh, missing some of the freedom of who I was before kids, but also experiencing a lot of guilt for feeling that way. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, 
some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. We talked a little bit about how, um, in, even in your tease, Rebecca, you talk about how you realized after um, go, like dealing with postpartum depression, that you realized you'd been struggling with that through your life. And I, we're going to touch on that. But let's start off with um, you You get pregnant, you want to have a baby. Tell me, tell me that story a little bit and then kind of um, where you found yourself after giving birth. Sure. So a few years ago, we found out we were pregnant with my first child and all those feelings that come with it, excitement, baby showers, crabbiness, not sleeping a lot, um, and then waiting for our child who was a week overdue. And uh, after he came, just the rush of what happens, um, everybody tells you you're not going to get sleep. Um, but we experienced some stuff that was a little more out of the ordinary. We had a really colicky baby. Um, he ate every hour and a half for about three months. Um, oh I didn't sleep more than an hour and a half in a row for three months. And anybody, yes, anybody who knows when you don't sleep a lot, it really just escalates all of your emotions, all of your frustrations, you're more on edge. Um, and just those feelings of what people call postpartum blues. Um, for me specifically, I always pride myself thinking I'm, I'm very strong and just brush it off. It'll get better. Um, and it took me a while to realize that crying for hours and hours a day when the baby was crying or when anything triggered me, that it wasn't normal. Um, and for a lot of those feelings, you try to tell people about it and they want to give you ideas on how to fix it. And a lot of times I think what I needed to do is just to tell somebody how I was feeling and for them to recognize the signs. Um, for me... Was your, oh, can I ask you, was your yes. husband, um, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know if you're, are yeah. you married? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, was your husband like back at work? Was he aware of what was going on? I think he was. And he, he, my husband is awesome. He helps feed the kids, do the chores, everything. But a lot of times when you're wrapped into it and you just assume life is difficult, it's really hard to understand what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, at my six week appointment, when you go back to get the all clear after having the baby, they kind of check in with you. They ask you about three questions and they asked me at that time how I was doing. And uh, you know, you're in a brightly lit office. You don't want to seem weak. You got the baby with you. I said, everything was okay. And I called back a couple mornings later my baby smiled at me for the first time and I just, I didn't feel anything. All I wanted to do was cry. So I called back then and I finally admitted I, I thought it was weak at the time, but that I probably needed some medication because this just was not normal. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really tough for us. And it kind of brought me back to all these feelings every winter. I would kind of be a little more, um, well, I wouldn't want to get out of bed and go to work or do anything. And it, all these signs, you know, sleeping more during different periods of my life or going through weeks where that were just really hard, I 
realized that I probably should have been seeing somebody or talking to somebody a long time ago. So at the time, though, you probably just thought what a lot of people think, oh, this is seasonal, seasonal depression is what they'll call it, or it's sad. It's you live in Minnesota, it's dark and cold for so long. Everyone, it's hard for anyone to not get a little down during that Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So you just wrote that off as that, but you were able to now identify that no, this was this was more than that. Yes, absolutely. And it took a like I said, probably a a hit to my pride or ego thinking that I couldn't just strong arm my way through this, but it made such a big difference when I finally reached out and asked for help. And like I said, my husband, he was he's so awesome. He would try to do everything to help me, but sometimes his reaction is just to solve something rather than listen Mm -hmm. and say, you know, this is not something that you can just go for a walk and fix. Rebecca, I want to go back to, um, because I think that this is, um, if someone is listening. So when I was pregnant, I remember having a couple of friends talk about, they would be sitting in the room with a baby, um, like rocking the baby and crying. And they knew that that wasn't normal, but the same feeling you're discu- you're describing, it's like, no, but everyone goes through this because what happens is we live in an Instagram world where everyone seemingly has such an easy time with their baby. Oh, they didn't sleep last night. Oh, I'm tired. But that's like kind of the extent of what you see. And as someone who's gone through it myself, it was very, very difficult. And I didn't have a baby with colic like you did. I had a baby who did not sleep very well, like at all. Um, and I went through a lot of my own stuff anyway, um, because it was, it was just difficult. I know you're not a professional, but just from what you experienced, what do you feel is the difference from someone? Cause we're, when you have a baby, mm-hmm. you have a ton of hormones in general. That's just like, that's going to happen. Like I remember looking at all of my baby and crying because I was just afraid of the unknown. And, and I'm like, what is happening? Why am I crying looking at her? Um, but then, but what would you f- say is, I hate saying normal, but like normal emotions compared to what you were feeling? Right. So a little difficult, right? Because I don't maybe understand what quote normal right. postpartum baby blues are. But for me, like the indicator, I think one night I was kind of counting, I was like, how many, for the kids, they ask, you know, how many hours a day did they cry? Well, my baby was atypical because he was colicky. For me, I was like, how many hours a day have I just spent crying or not really feeling, just being in a haze? And it was almost all the time I was awake. And then when your baby smiles at you for the first time and you don't want to smile back, that is atypical because you've been waiting and anticipating this child for nearly a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately, this it's a whole other topic about uh, maternal health after the baby's born, but they make you take a depression screening a few times during your pregnancy. Yep. And once after, and my pediatrician followed up more often than anything. I saw him more often than I ever saw anybody for my own health. And you're always, like I said, in a brightly lit office. You probably got dressed up for time to go out but if you go out and that's the only time you felt good and you go home and you sink right back into that that's what I would call not normal I had a friend Rebecca that um she found herself um googling honestly ways to harm herself (laughs) yeah that 
I've had some people share that and, you know, without, I've never even voiced this to my husband, but I uh, several times just thought walking the baby around the house, how much better off he would be if I wasn't here. But then immediately I knew, and I understood, mm-hmm. and I was able to recognize that's not healthy. I shouldn't feel that way. And then what that rolled into was just this intense mother guilt of how could I feel that way? And how could I be so selfish to feel that way for my own kid? And it would just turn into this huge snowball of, well, oh, here I am, poor me, feeling sorry for myself. How could I do that to my kid? And and I knew that it's not fair to ever make somebody else hurt like that. So I think that was a big extent to me reaching out for medication. You also said that you felt like you, I don't want to say, I don't know if you use the word mourn, but you were missing the old version of yourself. Yes, very much so. You know, after the first child, it was, I knew what I was getting into, right? I'm going to dedicate probably the rest of my life to being on call whenever he wants something. But the freedom of just being able to get out and do what I want without not asking for permission, but almost scheduling around the the child, who's going to watch them, who's going to make sure that he's fed, put to bed on time, gets the Vaseline applied in the right spots, mm-hmm. all of those things versus just picking up the keys and going before it's, it's a whole ordeal now. And you need to constantly schedule your life and not be on the fly. Our families live they're very supportive, but they live two hours away each. So I don't have the freedom of being able to have somebody come over and just watch the kid for an hour while I go out for a run. It's I need to make sure my husband's home and all of the rigmarole of that. It's such a weird way to word it, but you you do feel trapped sometimes. Yeah, and for me, I feel like I have almost an overly strong maternal instinct. The boy's father is amazing. He can do everything, but it's the feeling that I'm missing out and I'm supposed to be the one doing these things and providing that to take some time to go for a run for myself or to go take care of horses or whatever, it makes me feel bad asking for it, doing for it, and then when I come back, what did I miss? Mm. So even recognizing sometimes that we need some breaks for our own mental health does not always pan out the way that I would have hoped to feel more refreshed. Yeah, because then you're, you said the the term that we've all heard, the mom guilt kicks in. Yeah, it's, I'm leaving my children and the one child has only spent a night away from me ever in about 16 months and the thought process for me going into that is I need to make sure all the meals are prepped. Sure. Can my husband do it? Yes. But will they get all of the vegetables and all of the fruit and will they have enough clean pajamas? And does he know that they need this sunscreen when they go out? So I find myself getting into this trap of, I need to help and prepare everything so that nothing goes wrong when they're gone. And I'm sure I'll call in and check more than I need to. But do I miss the old me that could have just by going off with the girls for a weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that the main thing that just the pick up and go? Yeah. It. Well, yes. And then just the time spent in your hobbies, you know, can I, 
I no longer can dedicate the amount of time that I would have before, you know, before I spent all day going out for a hike. Now, can I, can I get there and cram it in in two hours and come back so that I can help the kids get ready for bed? Sure. It's sometimes it's almost the guilt of, am I burdening somebody else Mm -hmm. loading all of my extra work onto them as well as, am I missing something for the kids? Is the baby crying because he wants mom? Those things. You said, so when you made that call that day, called the doctor's office, what was the process like for that? Was it a pretty quick turnaround? For me, yes. Um, I was very fortunate. I called. I said, we had talked about this. I just don't feel normal. Here's what happened this morning. And then by later that day, I was able to pick something up. I was lucky that where I go is very understanding about um, how I felt. How long did it take for like medication to actually like noticeably change how you were feeling and, and, and did it? Was it pretty quick? Right. The doctor's office told me, you know, it may take up to two weeks. I would say for me in a couple days, I could tell. And even now, if I miss a weekend or something where I'm just not paying attention. My mood swings are up and down. I can feel like I'm just not as motivated to help the kids and get out and maybe be like that picture perfect mom, bring your kids to the zoo with a picnic packed. I'd rather just sit inside and let's read books instead kids. Mm-hmm. So it was important for me to, I think to recognize that I had this with the first child so that when the second, when we were expecting our second child, I could, I did come off of the depression medication um, during my pregnancy for a period of time, just because of possible interactions. Um, And that, but to recognize it and have a plan with my doctor to start the medication before I was expected to have um, the second child so that the the slip into depression, my postpartum depression, was not nearly as bad. It was much more manageable. And he was born in January as well. So I did not notice even that um, big slip, in, slip into the seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. this time either, which was amazing. Were you nervous to have another child? Yes, but I think my, again, that's just my probably my hormones kicking in that I just, I wanted two children at least so much. You asked my husband and I'd like another and he would say no way, (laughs) but to have kids close together and be able to maybe again with that guilt, make sure that they're provided with what in my mind is with a playmate and somebody to grow up with. That was really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding um, maybe what happens within my own head um, and having my husband and family prepared to check in with me more often, I think I probably felt really good about it. In addition to medication, did you ever go talk to anyone? No. However, I really would like to. I think it would be helpful because again, like when you talk to really good friends or sometimes your husband, what they want to do is just solve it. And sometimes you just need to talk. And one of the things about this podcast is people can just talk like you just say without burdening others or having that feeling of burdening others. Mm-hmm. So 
will it be helpful? Yes. In my mind now, I'm thinking, <laughs> when will I schedule it? How will I? Can I do it when the kids are in bed? Do I need to have somebody come watch them? But moving into summer, I feel at a good spot. Will I? Is this an ever-evolving thing? May I need a high level of um, medication or a different medication or to see somebody professionally in the future? Absolutely. Now that I understand that this is a moving target. Where do you think your personal? I mean, I know everyone experiences mom guilt to a degree. I mean, I, I don't I don't care who you are. I mean, yeah. you just do. Yes. Where do you think yours stems from, from having this? Because I'll, I'll be honest, like, I know everyone's different. When I leave, like, for instance, Olive with Jake, my husband, I'm like, see ya. I know he's going to feed her garbage. And I do like, <laughs> over-remind him about certain yes. things. I know he's just, I know he's going to take her to McDonald's or something. And I, oh, I yeah. had to, like, let go. But with you being so so stressed out about making sure they get the the vegetables, the fruits, the this, the that, the this, the that, where do you think that like guilt and that all that stems from? Is that something from you growing up, or I have no idea because you know, like I I I know too. Of course, they go eat garbage, and I'm not like the perfect mom. We go eat all sorts of stuff. We make cookies way more than we should. <laughs> and, but I don't know exactly where it comes from. If if it's this life that sometimes we see on social media where, oh, look at this perfect plate of food my kid is offered. And you just assume that that's what they're eating every night. Or look at how cute my kids are dressed. They're always clean. I don't know where it comes from. I do know growing up, my mother and father, they both worked full time. And I think back to what my mom did for herself. And I think she spent her life making sure that we were cared for. And she really probably took time to go visit with friends. And maybe I just hold myself to that standard of like, oh my gosh, my, I feel like my mom did such a good job. Can I make sure my kids are cared for and have everything they want and put them first? You know, my I want them to have everything they can in life. And I think sometimes I put that so much on myself, probably more than I should. Um, yeah, it's tough. You talk about, um, earlier, you know, you're a strong person and you, you felt it made you feel weak to like admit that maybe you needed help or something. Now that you've been on the other side of that, do you feel like that was actually, that was the strong decision to make because it's made you, I think mm -hmm. uh, you would say it probably has made you a better mom. Yes. Um, realizing your weaknesses is, is so tough for your ego and your pride, but you're right. It makes you a stronger person in any aspect, whether you're realizing your weakness at work and working on it or mentally and, and finding out how can I make myself more stable for my family and my home and ultimately for myself, because that's, you know, I need to make sure that I'm healthy and in order to take care of everybody else. And if sometimes that's just making me want to get out of the bed in the morning, then that's what I have to do. I've done the um, kind of social media comparison we've mentioned a couple of times and you mentioned mm -hmm. like seeing the perfect plate of food and stuff. Yeah. I, kind of, I kind of joked before, like, I don't remember, like, what did my, what did my mom do before with me? Because I see these constant like activities, like people post all these activities to do with kids. And I don't mean like taking them to the zoo. I mean like um, sensory things at home yes. and the perfect plated meals and stuff. And I have one kid, I have a stepson, I have one kid and I'm like, I'm exhausted. And I can't imagine 
Um, and I get to leave work usually around like noon or one. I have kind of a midday break, not for very long before I get all of it, maybe an hour or two where I can do a couple of things. And I think about the parents that work full time, they get home at five or six. I'm like, I can't imagine looking at that online and feeling anything less than adequate. I almost think it's like, I know it's trying to be helpful, but I wonder sometimes if it's if it's like more harmful than helpful at times. Yes, I totally agree. Um, this winter, I, my uh, I had seen a documentary or a mockumentary, and I just decided to put a time limit on those social media accounts because yes, they're a time suck, but also generally people present the happier or nicer portion of their lives, and to just see that posted in front of you all the time while you're sitting on the couch looking at the old mess in your house. <laughs> That's certainly yeah. a drag too. Yeah, absolutely. So that, I think that helps mentally a little bit too. You know, you want to stay in contact with people, but you don't want it to become just every time you go on there, you're getting hit with this information that my life and my house and my kids don't look like that. And comparing. <laughs> It's bad. Yeah. And I know that's like on us because we know deep down it's not that perfect at that person's house. Like we know, you know, yes. um, or so you'll see a TikTok video. Some of been like, look at how perfect this is. And then when I turn around, here's the reality where my house is full of clutter and there's cobwebs and you feel a little bit better and you, you, do. you get a good laugh about it, but you still want to strive for the rest of the perfectionist posts that you see. Absolutely. So um, are you at this point in your life, knowing what you know now, are there any things you would have done differently or are there any tips that you would have to pass along to anyone listening? Um, I know a lot of people, I was, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I come from like a family, both my parents have had, um, depression. I've, I'm kind of more of, I always say a pessimist in general, I am. And um, I, I, as long as, as well as my OBGYN, were concerned um, of ha that I would probably have postpartum depression. Um, I did not, thankfully. Um, be, but I, we, it was, I was definitely like, I feel like I hate saying like a, I was definitely being monitored for that. Um, mm -hmm. And so I know a lot of people go into their pregnancy and they're worried about that. Are there any tips you have um, or any things you wish you would have done different? It's a really, really good question. So I did make it clear going in because I also have a history of depression on both sides of the family. And I made sure to tell all the midwives and OBGYNs that, hey, this is the history. I do kind of feel down, but I don't really, I don't really want to consider medication right now. Um, I just, you have to say to be open to everything because there are so many emotions and hormones that you can't control because it's biologically what's going on in your body and you will be at one of the most stressed points in your life. Just realizing that you might need something or somebody to talk to during that period is not a weakness and it doesn't mean it's forever. So I also encourage people to, you know, make, have the hospital or the clinic make a note with your pediatrician because you're going to see them so much more often to say, Hey, just check in on mom too. How is she doing? And a lot of hospitals now may have a portal or a message system. And ultimately that's what I used because it was four o'clock in the morning. So I sent a message when I realized what I was feeling. So I could send it at that moment and not wait for the sun to come up and feel, Oh, it's better. I'll be okay. Yeah. Look and see if there's other ways to communicate with 
your hospital where you might not have to vocalize or verbalize it if, if you can't. Wow. Well, I think that that's, yeah, so helpful. I think because I think we've been through that. Um, just like you said, where the sun comes up, you're like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I was thinking, but then it, it, you know, it's going to hit you again that night or in four hours or something, you know? Um, yeah. so I think it's, it's great that you found that other way to communicate and just got through and got that message in because it really changed things for you. Right. And yes, I'm so glad I felt like that. And it took me a long time to what to, to even tell my few best friends about it. You know, like it almost felt like I was admitting something like, Hey, um, I've started this medication for depression. This is how I'm feeling. And the amount of people when I started telling them about my struggles, whether they had kids or not, I found out one of my best friends had been on something since college because of some struggles she was going through. The amount of people who may understand what you're going through in some capacity mm-hmm. is much more than what you realize, but I don't know why it's taboo, um, but there are so many women and men that have needed help at some point or another that may be able to relate to you. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, I really want to thank you for sharing such a personal, intimate story. I think that it's stories like yours that help make this such like a less taboo topic because it shouldn't be like we should be able to talk about this because it's very real and it gets people to a better place much faster, the more comfortable we feel talking about things like this and finding the resources and help that we need. Yeah, thank you, Fallon. And thanks for sharing this. I hope if even one person hears it and keeps it in mind for when they have a child or if they've just had a child, I, I hope that it helps them. And I believe it will. Um, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast.